Front office, please hold. Welcome to another special guest segment of the Front Office Podcast. We're going to chat some football tonight with the big man from the Dallas Cowboys, former UCLA Bruin, Elion Koo joins us tonight. Eli, what's up, my brother? What's up, brother? How you doing, man? Doing I'm good? good? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing solid, you know. Uh, just got done working out today. Uh, enjoyed a little bit more of, of the off day, I guess, afterwards. Dude, after workouts, it's like, really quiet so yeah. um i try to you know learn a couple things and then kind of just lounge a little bit <laughs> <laughs> well like we were talking about earlier get that lounging time in when you can man because the schedule oh, fill up sure. very quickly and uh you know obviously it's it's something that uh, all athletes can attest to anytime you get a chance to just kind of put your feet up and close your eyes for a few minutes it's always always well well wanted oh absolutely man i very much agree <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, as you are perfectly aware, um, there's a pretty big month in the NFL right now in April. So we've got the NFL draft coming up at the end of the month. Uh, your boys are going to be looking to add a couple of pieces to bring in and help you guys win that championship. Um, and obviously you're, you're seeing a lot of these rookies going through their pro days. You know, obviously the, the off season has been a little bit different. There's no combine this year. So it's been a little mm -hmm. off kilter, a lot of off, um, you know, offline stuff. Um, so maybe what we'll do is we'll kind of, you know, go back in time a little bit and, you know, maybe you can take us through a little bit about your time when you were playing with UCLA Bruins and just kind of when you stepped foot on campus initially, and then how you kind of built your draft profile from that point on to when you eventually yep. ended up signing your contract. For sure. Um, so, you know, a lot of times, so you, you end up looking at, I guess, me now and I'm, I'm in the NFL, which is, it's awesome. But um, I guess the, the main thing is to remember to, to not see me as I am, as, as I've always been. So I guess going into college, man, the whole NFL question really, you know, I didn't know, you know, that's what I really wanted to do in the end. You know, you, you never, obviously every kid, every kid wants to do, but you don't start realizing that it's a, a very attainable goal until, I guess later on or, or at some point during your college career when you're like, okay, I'm really feeling the groove of, you know, myself playing. Um, so yeah, when, when I came into to college, um, I, you know, you're, you're a young gun and you're kind of just learning the trade. You got the older players kind of showing you around, um, you know, start to better your craft. Um, it wasn't until, you know, my junior year of college that I really considered the fact like, okay, I, I might actually, you know, be going to the league one day. Um, I'm going to keep, keep doing what I do. I'm a hard, I always were, was a hard worker. Um, it was something that was instilled into me, you know, from an early age. So it wasn't a problem for me. Um, I think the main thing was really mentally checking yourself into that reality that, you know, you're working towards a goal, you're working towards trying to get into the league. So I, I guess that, that for me was, was the main pillar. So you'll see, you know, every freshman, every college athlete kind of has a different path. Um, mine was, look, man, I, I wasn't really the most talented player in the room. Never really was that way. Um, I never grew up with any of the, you know, 
youth football, those giant accolades, you know, MVP, this and that. It was always the other kids, which the life of a lineman, my friend, the life of a lineman. That's how it is, man. Um, you know, and in college, I, I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't like, you know, the all American player. I always had players who were way more talented than me, but I always knew that I had that chip on my shoulder of I'm going to be the hardest worker in this room. So for me, it was more of a mentality of just working, just sickening work ethic. <laughs> and you're just like beating yourself up and this and that. And, you know, uh, meeting rooms, this and that. You, you take as many notes as you can, learn the game. And eventually you start to realize that getting to the NFL obviously has a lot to do with a player's talent. But there's that percentage of players who don't necessarily get there off of that. They get there just off of their work ethic. And it just so happened that I was one of those players, man. Um, you know, I made myself a better player. I obviously with the help of my coaches and, you know, myself, I can't do that without giving myself credit because of course it, it, a lot of it, you know, is, is kind of finding yourself. And so that was, that was kind of it for me is during college is finding myself and, and being able to accept that I need to put my foot forward and work towards my goals, not just kind of wait for stuff to happen. So, yeah, that was pretty much the whole the whole gist of, you know, college for me. Well, and I mean, you're, you're hitting on so many of the key points that I think a lot of coaches, players, parents don't really, you know, want to pursue, right? They're looking at what's the quickest and easiest way for my kid to get to the next level without us having to really put in that work. And you're hitting on points like I'm the hardest worker in the room. When I'm done working out, I'm going to the film room. When I'm done the film room, I'm going to the classroom. When I'm done the classroom, I'm going yep. to meet with my coaches. Like those are the types of things that, again, separate guys like you who, you know, you're being very modest and saying that you didn't have a very, you know, big profile. But I mean, you're you're playing for a Division One program and you're in a very, you know, prestigious, you know, conference in the Pac-12. So you do have prestige. You're already on the radar the second you step on campus. So what's going to separate you from, you know, a D tackle that plays for the university of Miami. What's going to separate you yep. from a D tackle that plays for the university of Tulsa. It, it's that work ethic that, you know, you, exactly. you know, had instilled in you since you were a, a young lad growing up in uh, in the great white North and you ended for up sure. taking your balance down there. And, and again, that that's what really, you know, separates guys like you who are now living your dream as opposed to guys who may have had that talent, who flamed yep. out of you know the NCAA Absolutely. after a year or two because they didn't want to put the work in. So, exactly, I can't tell you. Yeah, go ahead, man. Go, no, no, go no, ahead. no. Hey, this is this is your moment, man. So you go <laughs> oh, ahead. Yeah, man. Uh, well, I was just gonna say I I can't count how many times really that I've seen these talented ass players, this super talented player, go in, and I'm talking college football. You know, this is like the base of you know where a lot of you know high school athletes aim to get to. Yeah, I can't count how many times I've seen a such a talented high school player, you know, uh, get to college and they've never really been challenged. They've never really gotten that moment of, you know, just being broken down before getting there. And finally, when it happens, you know, they, they don't like that feeling. They don't like that feeling of, of having something new, having something they're not used to. They're not used to being top dog. And that's one thing that, that, that hits you quick is, you know, suddenly you get to college for the most part, man, unless you're that dude, even, you know, in high school and this and that, a lot of times you get to college and suddenly like there's some players that have been playing, you know, longer than you, they have yeah. four years on top of you. And a lot of guys, you know, that hits them and they, they don't know how to mentally handle that. Yeah. Um, 
you have to learn to kind of block that out, man, and, and kind of just obviously work fast, but work on your own timeline in improving and improving your game. So, you know, that's, that's another aspect of it. And people, people expect it to be as easy as it was, you know, coming out of high school, but it's different, man. It's yeah. absolutely different. Oh, and, and I mean, I'll echo that statement a hundred times out of a hundred. I mean, you're, you're mentioning, you know, these guys are all coming in as the top dog. Well, guess what? Oh, yeah. Everybody who commits to a program and is playing college football is the top dog from whatever program they came from. So, you know, exactly. you, you got to get that reality check pretty quick if you're going to, you know, stick out and yep. really, you know, be the alpha male in that room that, that you want to command. So, very, I, very I, I mean, I want to go back to, to your work ethic comment, because that's obviously something that I think you've prided yourself on from the get go. And I'm just going to go back to your pro day, because we're talking about pro days. We're talking about, you know, again, I've never seen so many four threes run in my life, you know, uh, other Dude. than this year. <laughs> um, but, but I mean, I'm looking at your numbers from when you had yep. your pro day. I mean, 31 reps on the bench, 30 inch vertical, over a nine and a half foot broad jump. You know, your short shuttle, 484, and your 40 time, your best one of the day was a 516. And you're doing this at 330 pounds. That's, yep. <laughs> that's crazy. That is yeah. crazy. For anyone who doesn't understand, what Evie did in running a, a 51640 at 330 pounds is way more impressive than a running back who runs a 4-3 <laughs> or wide receiver who runs a 4-4. Big men don't move that fast, especially when you combine mm -hmm. athleticism with the shuttle, with the explosion yep. from the vertical and the broad jump. And then you add in the strength element of putting up 30 reps on the bench. Because again, yep. you can be strong, but you need that muscle endurance to go with it. So take Very me true. through that and how you felt after that pro day and, and kind of what that experience was like when you had all these coaches, scouts, and, and fans coming in to, to look at you work out. Absolutely. Well, okay. So we got to give a little bit of, of back story, some context, because I never grew up as 335, you know, going into pro day, yeah. heaviest I'd have ever, I've ever been before. Um, I was always, you know, mid-size, you know, 290, 285. Mid-size. No, <laughs> mid-size. Okay, college football is different. <laughs> so you look at like a DN slash three tech, that's typically the size they'll be. Um, for yeah. me, you know, eventually I start getting bigger and bigger and suddenly like, you're like, man, like I'm 325, like right before the, the pro day st or started for me, I was 325. However, you know, higher body fat content and this and that until you really start training. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's one of those things where my body was used to being smaller, but I kind of carried that strength and athleticism with me. And obviously your numbers go down, but proportionally speaking, I, I did pride myself on being strong. And, you know, on that bench, you know, we're talking 31 reps. That was maybe, what, six weeks, two months before dislocating or after dislocating my elbow. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, you know, very weak. Mm -hmm. um, you know, let's call it an even three months. Let's call it an even three months. Okay. You know, very weak. Uh, didn't really get to train that much on the bench. And, you know, I got it kind of just, um, you know, I turn on the jets the last little bit of training and kind of get my strength. Um, vertical, man, I was, it's funny. I was so disappointed for vertical that day because <laughs> I had been posting, you know, 
33, 34. And I was like, I'm ready to go. Yeah. And I remember um, one of the scouts is like, you know, pushing my arm up on the little, on the little <laughs> yeah. thing. You know how like everyone oh, yeah. does it. You kind of yeah. drop your arms with the hair and he's like pulling my arm up all the way. And I'm like, no, don't do that. man. He's like, you're going to pull it up. or We're just going to say it's a no contest. I was like, damn. Yeah. So, you know, I had to bring up the arm. Um, it, it was, it was a good pro day. Uh, I will say it was, it was definitely football wise as far as testing goes, it was the hardest test for me and my teammate, Eddie Vanderdose, um, who is now with the Texans. Um, so basically they have you and, well, me and Eddie running these drills nonstop. And I think the main goal of that day <laughs> for the coaches was to see how well Eddie handled being tired. Yeah. And so I just so happened to be, you know, lobbed into that. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, well, they're both going to be tired. Yeah. So we're, we're running drills nonstop, nonstop. I think it was like 30 minutes or 45 minutes of nonstop. And it's funny. I, we, we still have the tape on some of the teams that I've been on, you know, I've been on the, uh, the iPad and, and kind of went back and I actually saw my pro day tape and I was like, yeah. they are running us into the ground. <laughs> um, it's a lot of preparation, man. Um, it's a lot of preparation, but you look at those numbers and you figure, okay, athleticism does have a big part to play in it. Um, but obviously for me, it was always the more cerebral part of football. Um, yeah, I'm, I pride myself on understanding the game, you know, whatever system I go into, maybe give me three, four days and I'll pretty much have the whole playbook, you know, yeah. down. And that was just something that, you know, obviously with me, as you know, the last few months or last couple of seasons, it's been like, boom, 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 moving yeah. teams. So yeah. it's just something you exercise. It's like riding a bike. Once you're used to it, it's just yeah. kind of like it's there. Um, but yes, I mean, obviously physical aspects. I, I definitely prided myself on that. Um, I, <laughs> I was hoping to get into like the four nines or something, but dude, you get to that weight and it's like, yeah, it's it, hard. It's impossible Tough. to do that, man. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I ran my 40 at uh, the combine, I was, 302 and i think i ran in the same range that you did i think it was like 513 514 and i was super yeah. happy with that <laughs> but but I, but I mean i i look at how fast i was back when i was like 240 250 and it's like yeah, yeah it's a little humbling yeah. when when you look at yeah. what you used to be able to run as, as compared to what you can run now but but again i mean the fact that you were moving as fast as you were like i said that is more impressive you know moving that big body around at that speed mm. than you know than a guy who's 180 pounds running you know, a second, you know, less than a second yep. uh, faster. So, yeah, absolutely. So, so again, the fantastic, you know, experience to go through. It's very nerve wracking. You know, I know that if it's only the two of you guys, you have every eye on you and it's like, okay, if I mess up once, everyone's going to see it. And right. you know, yeah, as, no as a lineman, you kind of get used <laughs> to that, right? Because like yep. you're clearly, you don't usually get the praise for when you, you fall out, but everybody yep. notices when you do something wrong. So, I mean, that's like the ultimate level of, all right, here's a job interview and yep. you know, <laughs> try and minimize the, the mistakes as much yep. as possible. So absolutely. So, I mean, you know, going through that, obviously you got on a lot of people's radars when you post numbers like that and you put on, you know, the good film that you had from your time at, at UCLA. So maybe go through some of the post-workout process of what you were kind of hearing from scouts and coaches and, you know, from your own coaches, you know, when they were talking yeah. to different teams, what, what were the types of things you were hearing in regards to comparables, what you did really yeah. well, what they were asking you to work on? Yeah. So, you know, as every player, everyone's going to have their strengths and weaknesses. I think one thing I did really well 
um, was stopping the run. Stopping the run, you could literally tell me do that. I'll do it with my eyes closed. I'll be good. Um, pass rush was, when I was smaller, a huge part of my game. And I felt like over time it became less and less of a part as you come closer to the, the center of the, you know, the line. Yeah. You, know, you move from end and suddenly, well, now you're a nose. And pass rushing becomes a little bit less of a priority. Um, and it kind of gets put on the back burner. Um, your, your stats are less, you know, sack oriented and you're more stopping the run. In our, in our system at UCLA, it was stop the run and let the backers kind of do their thing. So the yeah. backers pretty much had free range. And you as the nose are pretty much taking on everything, you know, doubles, triples, whatever it may be. You know, the offensive line is coming after you. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think going into it, that was definitely one of the things that, you know, coaches wanted to see me improve on um, going into the league is, you know, your pass rushing, you know, what else can you do? What, you know, what else can you offer in terms of statistics on a, you know, a pass rushing basis? Um, and again, this is, this is a continuous thing. A, a lot of people think that, you know, they tell you to work on something and then suddenly it's just going to be fixed. It's more yeah. of a, a process of, oh, yeah. you know, helping yourself. Um, so that's definitely one of the things I definitely improved on in terms of, you know, creating pressure and this and that. Um, but stopping the run was definitely my strong suit. And I think that's something that teams were really um, enjoying seeing uh, from my tape. And obviously when I went to camp, um, that was a big part of my game. I think in the end, I mean, that's pretty much what landed me the job with the Jaguars. Um, they really needed that uh, at the time. And, you know, it's something that really helped me out was, was exactly that, you know, my reports on how I stopped the run and you know my college tape um it's it is a very stressful process you know doing everything and i mean everything and and coaches teams are looking at everything that you have to offer not just like on the field like they're looking at they're looking at all your social media they're looking mm -hmm. at all the comments you've ever made they're looking at all these tiny little and dudes don't think of it like it matters as much as it does but like they are watching you like Hawks and they'll ask you questions just to completely mess with you. <laughs> and just to see how you like reply and your, your kind of mental state when you reply to a question yeah. that rid ridiculous, um, they'll, they'll, they'll everything, everything's on the table. Um, and that's something that I quite, I wasn't used to. Um, mm -hmm. I remember dude, the NFL PA game. I don't know if you know what that is. It's kind of yeah. like an all-star game. Um, we, <laughs> I'll, I'll always remember that that feeling of uh you ever been to like an auction house like at a like mm -hmm. a like a meat market or something oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so oh they're you know they're lining us up so the scouts can get a good look and gms and coaches and this and that and it's it's a big conference hall full yep. of coaches and teams and every team has their table and they're all taking their notes on their laptops and this and that and I remember they called my name and you have to strip down, dude, uh, oh, yeah. straight to your underwear, been there, underwear, barefoot, <laughs> this and that, like, you know, everything's out there. Yeah. And you so, walk so, into so, the room. So, so just to, to preface that, you know, you get back into your story. Yeah. He, he is a hundred percent accurate when he says a meat market, it is literally a bunch of 300 pound dudes walking around in their underwear, parading around, yeah. talking to different yeah. people. It's actually a, it's, it's such a weird feeling to the go through, but thing. it's, uh, it, it, you know, cause you're looking around too, trying to compare like, Oh, my arms as big yeah. as today, you know, how are my traps looking today? <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of you know, half flexing the whole day. It's but, an eye uh, test, dude. It's, it's it completely an eye, an eye test. test. So it, it is an eye test. Anyways, continue. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, so, you know, I'm walking into the room and as soon as you walk into the room, there's, you know, there's a solid like, 300 people in there. It's, it's yeah. full. It's yeah. a giant room full of people. And uh, I walk in the, the second you walk in, it's just eyes. Boom. Everyone's on you. And you can see everyone just starts typing notes just, you know, on their laptop and this. And I'm like, damn, like, what are they writing? Like, you know, flex, flex a little bit, you know, just so you don't look too bad. <laughs> so get up on stage. They say your name, measurables, this and that. And they'll, they'll yell it out loud. You know, I remember the the stage was sinking a little bit when we got to like measure up against the wall. And like suddenly I like I dropped an inch and I was like, yo, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um you know, a lot of guys, I could see them on, you know, on the ground doing push-ups and like, you know, working on their their, their biceps, triceps, just trying to look, you know, yeah. as physically in shape as possible. <laughs> but uh, that's something that kind of sticks with you, man. Not, you know, yeah. not just the the coaching you part. It's the the whole, everything that comes with it. You know, it's just part of the, the experience, but definitely different than what most people experience. 100%. And, and I mean, anybody who, who wants to say that a job interview is stressful, try doing that when you're just walking around in your underwear all day and rough. do that. Yeah, it is rough. rough. Um, <laughs> so, so you mentioned earlier, you know, you're, you're going and talking to teams, you're getting asked really weird questions. I mean, everybody always hears horror stories about some of the messed up questions that some of these yeah. players get asked. You don't have to mention a team or an individual. What was the weirdest question you got during that interview process? Oh, man. Uh, I can't remember to a T what this one was, but it was along the lines of, <laughs> dude, it was, it was like so ridiculous. Um, it was along the lines of if somebody like a, a, a killer walks into your house, what do you do? He's sitting right in, like he's right in front of you. What do you do? Like there's a, a murderer, knife, all that. I was like, shit, like, how do I answer this? Like, do I want to say I'm a killer? Like, yeah, you know, maybe it's like a mental thing where they want to see if you're a killer at heart, you know? But yeah. then again, they want to see maybe if you're like mentally. And I think that's where they try and get you is like, it, you could answer either way, but in your head, there's all these different possibilities is contingencies. Yeah. Like maybe they want to see if I'm mentally stable, like, or do I, <laughs> do I just kill someone? Like, I don't know. <laughs> so it's like... You know, it, it, it's, it's a very, it's its own thing, man. Um, and I'm sure, you know, some people have gotten some, some crazy questions, um, mm -hmm. but it's just kind of part of the the process. Um, I'm sure there will be some, some even crazier ones, you know, down the road and this and that, but uh, it's its own thing. Like I said. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you get some of these coaches and GMs and scouts and they're, they're actually just weird people you know, down, down at heart. And it just comes across so vividly when you're one-on-one -on -one with them. And it's like, did that yeah. guy just asked me that. And very, eccentric. yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, uh, again, you talk about strange definition of strange right there. So, yeah. so, so we're going past, you know, your pro day, you're, you know, you're feeling good. You got good tape on. Now it comes time for you to make a decision on where you want to sign. You know, you talk about, you know, going to, uh, to Jacksonville, so what was it about that whole process that kind of led you there, you know, maybe other than what was on the surface, like they needed, they had a need there, like there were there other factors yeah. that came into you deciding on when, uh, when to sign there. So it's funny. Um, I actually started my career, uh, going in as a free agent to the Houston Texans. Yeah. Um, I, you know, draft day, dude, I, I for sure thought like, I'm getting drafted. Like <laughs> it's happening, you know, fifth round, you know, fifth round a little bit after like, I'll, I'll be good. Like, you know, and then the whole day goes by and then the teams that, you know, we're talking about getting you in the later rounds, this and that, or suddenly like, 
you know, one of them picks a kicker and you're like, huh? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) So it's, um, it definitely is an ego crusher. Um, you don't get drafted. You work so hard, but I, I guess what I would tell myself if I could kind of rewind time a little bit is not to stress, you know, I was stressing a little too hard about it. Um, you know, either way, if you have your foot in the door in the NFL, man, it's, it's pretty much all that counts. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of guys will get drafted sixth, seventh, fifth round, whatever. And in the end, I mean, you pretty much have the same shot of making a roster as someone who was drafted in the late. And so it's something that you, you know, you don't quite understand because the image of getting drafted, you know, you have your whole family and you yeah. know around you and this and that it's, it's so romanticized that you're like, that's what I want. And there's nothing else that I want. Um, Eventually, whole draft day um, or whole draft day week um, goes by and, and nobody picks you up. And, um, you know, I'm getting calls from the Ravens, uh, Texans, you know, all these teams. Uh, yep. And they're all talking about, you know, come come here, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you come in as a, a free agent. We'd love to have you, this and that. Um, pretty much you have to make a decision then and there. Uh, about what you kind of see in your future and which team has the biggest need for your position. Right. Um, for me, it ended up being the Texans. And, you know, I went over to the Texans and I had a great time out there. A lot of the older guys showing me my first experience in the NFL. Uh, you know, Jadavion Clowney, JJ, Watt, all those guys. Um, They're pretty good. Oh yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. And, you know, I, I will say, man, that, that, that was definitely one of the, the, the funner defensive line rooms that I've been in. Um, you know, great group of guys, um, right. definitely showed us a lot and do the whole like rookie thing. When you get in your rookie, we'll, we'll talk about that later, but, uh, <laughs> come in as a rookie. It's, 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 uh, it's quite an experience. Um, yeah, I mean, so yeah, um, I do all of camp, all of OTAs. Yep. I'm like, I'm definitely making this team. Like, I'm like, I know they're going to pick me and they start cutting people around me. I'm like, okay, I'm surviving the cuts so far. And last day of cuts, <clears throat> hey, buddy, we need you to come in with your iPad. Coach wants oh. to see you. You're like, that's that call. Yeah. Um, you know, you get in. And again, this is one of those situations where you think that your career is coming to an abrupt start or a stop. Yeah. And, um, you know, um, however, a day later, as I'm sulking over in my <laughs> hotel room, you know, kind of wondering what I'll do. Um, agent calls me. He's like, uh Hey, uh, I think you got to go back and, and, you know, fill out your paperwork, this and that. I'm like, cool. So I get into the building and D line coach is like, what's up, man. I'm like, yo, he looks way over enthusiastic for someone who just cut me. Like, okay, let me say what's up. He's like, what's up? How you doing, man? I'm good. 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 He's like, congratulations, by the way. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, you didn't know. It's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about, man. He's like, uh, Jaguars just picked you up, uh, the waiver wire. And I was like, no way. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, from then on, the rest is history, man. Um, you, I went over to the Ross across the street from the stadium. I bought a suitcase, packed all my stuff, and yeah. headed over to Jacksonville. And I guess I'm still living in the city right now. Um, you mm-hmm. know, I've pretty much made a home of, of this city, and uh, it's been good to me. Um, but, yeah, Jacksonville Jaguars, man, that was pretty much, you know, where I ended up my rookie year. Yeah. Um, it never ends up being the process you think it's going to be. You know, no. I, I went into it thinking – it's going to be smooth. You know, let me just end up where I'll end up and it'll be that. Um, it's, it's never that way. And even, even after, you know, finishing with the Jaguars, um, I ended up going to the Browns, uh, over to the Colts, 
back to the Texans for like a week and a half before they were like, <laughs> Hey buddy, you're getting traded. So, <laughs> you know, now with Dallas and then, you know, your rookie contract is over. So right now my rookie contract is over. So, you know, the whole Dallas thing is still up in the air. It's not even, you know, and that's the, that's the, the main thing about football. It's, it's such an uncertain, everything's an uncertainty. Um, yeah. So right now the whole Dallas thing is up in the air, but I'm kind of just working out, taking it day by day. And then, you know, um, if we, if we come to a consensus, then cool. If not, then, you know, we'll kind of see what are the other options. So, yeah. Well, you know what, <laughs> it's a, it's such a great attitude to have, especially when, you know, you, you understand that the whole process is so, you know, fluctuating on a day-to-day basis. And I mean, yeah. you, you really handled it so well from, Hey, you know, I'm going to sign my initial contract. Okay, I'm going to play with the Texans for the next, you know, 10 years. I'm going to retire there. I'm going to play with J.J. Watt, Jadavion Clowney, win a, win a Super yeah. Bowl. And then, you know, again, you go to Jacksonville. Okay, we got Jacksonville. They're building up something there with a lot of young talent. Okay, yeah. over. To, so, you know, a lot of guys, they can't handle that. And that's you know, yeah. that, what takes us back to what you mentioned at the start of the, of the conversation, you know, yeah having the mental toughness and the ability to just adapt to any circumstance that comes your way. I think that people are starting to see a trend with, with Ely on It's yeah. it doesn't matter what gets thrown in your way. You're just going to barge right through it with that 330 pound exactly. body. So, <laughs> exactly. So, so that's, again, it, it's so great to hear. And it's so refreshing to hear because, you know, everybody always says NFL stands for not for long. Well, you know, you're pretty much saying, fuck that, you know, I, I'm here to stay and, you know, I'm here for the rest yeah. of my career. So that's great. Um, and, and I mean, you're, you're, you're talking about the Dallas Cowboys and obviously it's, it was a very special moment, not only for, for you, but for your home country last year, when you're looking at three members of the Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. are Canadian, two yep. of which are from the yep. same city in Ottawa. Yep. Yep. What was uh, that? From the same street. From, from the, the same, same street. There you go. From the same street. It's from the yep. same street. And and you know, that's such a cool thing for you know for all the guys who've kind of you know played ball and have settled down in Ottawa to kind of look at. It's like, you know, as, as I'm saying, I showed you before the show, I've got a St. Yep. Pete's night shirt on. Obviously, you went yep. to high school there when you were here, and you know, Neville Gallimore played his ball in the city as well. And um, so what was that like to be able to say? you know, America's team is now yeah. Canada's team because <laughs> we have, you know, three prominent members of the Canadian football community playing for this team. So it's actually funny. I actually went into it thinking there was only three of us. And I was like, <laughs> it's me, Tyrone, and Neville. However, <laughs> LP, Louis-Philippe Ladoussard, yeah. uh, Montreal guy, uh, Quebec side, he, he has been a long snapper over there for, you know, longer than I've been playing football. <laughs> I yeah. was like, yeah. what? Like that, that went over my head. So that actually makes four of us, three of yeah. us ended up being in a, you know, pretty cool picture. I remember we took the picture and I was like, well, this is huge, man. Yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty crazy to think about uh, because, you know, not long ago, man, um, you know, when I was trying to get out and, and go play in the States, you know, for a D one scholarship, or at least trying to, um, I, I could have never really, I didn't, didn't really envision that you know I didn't know that that was going to be the future uh, and there's a lot more young guys coming out and, and going into college football and eventually are going to be in, in the in the league and that's that's a reality you know as long as they keep their work uh, ethic and you know, everything goes smooth and obviously injuries barring that they should be in there um, 
it, it was a pretty surreal moment realizing that man and and i remember tyrone neville and i having conversations about that and you know neville and i just sitting down shooting the shit and i was just like dude like where are you from by the way and he's like <laughs> well he gives me like you know walkley this and that i was like okay like where so turns out <clears throat> neville grew up down the street literally down the same street of where i grew up from um and eventually until i moved out to orleans and, and went to st yeah. pete's and all that where it all started for me was the same neighborhood as neville wow. and we had the same childhood friends played cops and robbers with the same kids um you know it's it's just nuts to think about and yeah you know it's 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 humbling but it's it's also exciting you know seeing that and you know for neville's career path man his it's funny like for me it, it's been great i cannot complain for neville man it's been an explosive career path man he you know he came out got drafted and he's doing so well over there dude i'm, I'm so happy for him mm -hmm. um but that's that's what keeps me excited about canadian football yeah. Not just, you know, the guys making it to colleges and that I'm just talking about the sense of community and yeah. everyone kind of knows each other, you know, and we're all there for each other. Um, you know, I know Tyrone is, is done with football now, but, you know, we had that conversation. He's like, you ever need anything from me, man? Like, let me know. Yeah. And it's the same towards him. Um, so there's that sense of community, that sense of brotherhood um, between Canadian players. And um, that's just something that can't, you know, really be replaced. Yeah, and you know everybody likes the you know romanticize the you know Canada as a, a hockey country, but yeah, you, know, you, you look at you look at the amount of talent that's come out of this country in the last you know eight to ten years just from the football yep. scene. You know, it's it's actually like you're saying it's very surreal to to look at with how many guys are actually going down, whether it's you know NCAA or NCAA and NFL or whatever, yep. and they're playing meaningful games they're playing meaningful mm -hmm. refs like you look at a guy like chase claypool last year yeah you know yeah. no one expected and i'm a Steeler fan no one expected what he did last year he but out yeah <laughs> he, he, he looks like he's gonna be a hall of famer by the, by the time he calls it quits so you know I, I mean you talk about you know you and neville and obviously like you know we're based out of ottawa here so you know you guys are you know our guys that we like to you know turn on every week and, and watch you yeah. guys play and um yeah, I mean, I really hope that, you know, you guys can stay together and, and you know, solidify that D-line for Absolutely, many years to man. come. And, and that, that'll be so great for everybody to see. So, right. um, you know, as we as we kind of wind down here, I know that you're really, you know, active in the community with a lot of different causes. I mean, you, you've been all over NFL Canada. You've done a couple of, you know, really meaningful interviews with a, you know, a Canadian personality on the, on the NFL Network team with Nate Burleson, you know, kind of talking about different things that you're working on. So maybe, you know, hit us up with some of that and, you know, really give the people an understanding of the types of things that you're trying to, you know, bring out in, in the community for the better. For sure. Um, so, you know, um, I actually started a foundation a while back uh, called the Dreamcatcher Foundation um, with, at the time, my girlfriend, now my fiance. Um, we started an organization called uh, the Dreamcatcher Foundation, and it was geared towards uh, being able to bring sports to um, Indigenous communities. Um, and that's something we learned more and more about, you know, during college, our college years is um, the disparity or the the lack of resources in indigenous communities. And that's something we wanted to address. Um, so it kind of started with that and I started doing um, football camps uh, in Ottawa. And unfortunately we only got to do one, 
it was a huge success. Um, yeah. We got a lot of kids out, um, yeah, but it's something we'd like to build on. Yeah. Um, eventually, though, uh, there was the question or the topic of uh, MMIW. Um, and for those who don't know, it is missing and murdered indigenous women and girls uh, who basically it's um, <clears throat> the issue revolves around the fact that uh, a disproportionate amount of indigenous women and girls go missing or murdered and not much is really being done about it. Um, whether it's the lack of, uh, I guess, uh, legal repercussion or resources being put towards investigations, um, not much is being done. And it's something that we really want to address. And it's something that we've been bringing more attention to on social media. Um, and then obviously we'd like to bring more attention to, you know, obviously, um, through funds. So I would like to support the families who's, you know, for example, somebody goes missing and suddenly there's a giant gap in income can't be supported. Kids are in question. It's just something that we'd like to be able to address and, and kind of fix because it's something that as Canadians and obviously in the U S as well, I feel like we don't like to address things that make us look bad mm -hmm. because you know, we don't, we want to have that face, that, that perfect face of, you know, this is who we are, but in order to fix something, we have to accept that we're not perfect. Yeah. And we have to accept that, you know, we haven't done our best job in, in helping with those situations. So it's something that I'd like to, for not only the government, but us, us as a community to be able to, to address, um, all it takes really is one person to communicate to the next person and, if you impact enough lives or if you touch enough people's preconceptions about these issues, then I think that, um, you know, this is something we can realistically, uh, realistically fix. Mm -hmm. So the Dreamcatcher foundation has been revolving around those two issues, uh, okay. so far. And, you know, we've have, we have a, a huge team behind us, um, over at athletes and causes. Um, we are part of the goat project, which is another, uh, <laughs> It's another nonprofit. Um, it, there's a, a whole bunch of players from the NFL as well who are kind of just in that collective, um, you know. Um, and yeah, I mean, again, it's one of those situations where I want to bring more and more attention to these issues and be able to fix them bit by bit. Um, but yeah, so that's the Dreamcatcher Foundation. Um, if you want more info, uh, if you want to add it, um, it's at dream underscore catcher underscore fdn it's on instagram uh we post pretty much almost daily um you know on certain issues but um definitely read up on it man uh it's definitely a, a big issue that I, I'd, I'd like to address and yeah it's really important yeah and again that's such a a great thing that you're doing and bringing you know some awareness to something like you're saying that just has been swept under the rug for the longest yeah. time and I mean, mm -hmm. anything that we can do to, to help out, obviously, you know, you've got some supporters in, uh, in us here with the, the front office, obviously you've got a relationship with, uh, with now two of us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so again, we'll, uh, we'll do everything that we can to, to help you out in that cause and would love to, you know, again, support the, the football camps that you're trying to run and oh, yeah. everything you're doing with the Dreamcatcher Foundation as well. So absolutely. Man. Um, I appreciate that. But again, you know, it, it's, it's something that just, I think every athlete and every celebrity that has, you know, um, a following that, that really is influenced by a lot of what they do and say, 
more and more of of you guys need to start doing stuff like this and i mean that's good mm-hmm. that you know you're one of these guys leading the charge and you know kind of showing some of these younger guys that are coming into the league saying you know you can do things outside of football and this is what you yeah. can do to impact your community so you know kudos to you I, I know that you know it's not easy with this full schedules that uh you know that you guys have as professional athletes but um, again, so important to uh, to get out and you know again establish yourself and and try and, and make the community better around you. So again, kudos to you, man. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. All right. Well, you know, we'll uh, we'll try and wrap it up. But uh, you know, it, it's been such a great conversation getting to chat with you a little bit about your your experience. And I mean, obviously, you see the progression of you know you coming from a. You know, and you know, by all purposes, as a smaller area, going down to you know, play at a big school, you know, working your ass off, getting to a point where now you're on the NFL radar, you know, yep. you you're now living your dream. And you know, let, let's throw out there too, you were also drafted in the CFL, by the way. So anyone who that was doesn't know, so you did <laughs> get was. drafted. You did get drafted. Third round, red blacks, hometown <laughs> red blacks. baby. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, um, but again, you know, you you experienced what it was like to, you know, go through that whole process. And again, showing people that, you know, hard work, dedication, and, you know, really a commitment to your craft goes so much, you know, further than just being good at, at yeah. what you're doing. I Absolutely. Mean, you want to strive to be great. So um, again, we, we really hope that everything, you know, lines up and Dallas would be absolutely stupid not to bring you back with, with how you, <laughs> you know, the season last year and, we really hope that, uh, you know, you're able to finish what you started. But regardless, if not, hopefully uh, Mr. Colbert from the Steelers will be giving you a call. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll be able to rock uh, rock an Anku jersey um, yeah. <laughs> every week, every week. But, uh, again, uh, Ely, thank you so much for joining us. All the best to you in the future. And uh, we really hope to have you on again to, you know, chat Absolutely, about man. you winning the Super Bowl soon. Sounds like a, sounds like <laughs> a plan, brother. I appreciate that. All right, man. Take care. <laughs>